my name is Yuti and I'm going to be your host on this podcast, There For More. I am going to be sharing short life stories with you to help you step out of your comfort zone every day with confidence. I'm also going to encourage you to start celebrating more of your achievements by owning them, kickstart your own online business without the imposter syndrome, and navigate life on your own terms even as a first generation immigrant in a new country. I'm so excited that you're on this journey with me and you're listening in today. What's keeping you stuck? It's scary to start over, to admit all your mistakes and to take a closer look at how you made different decisions that brought you to a place where you can't even dream anymore. Maybe even right now, you're struggling every day to find hope and you've lost your identity. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you my struggle with letting go of the past and living a life in the present that is full of peace and hope. The party girl, the church girl, the college girl, the work independent girl, the beloved daughter, the rebel, the abused, the victimized. These are only a few of the identities that have shaped my life for the past decade. God knew that he gave his only son to die for someone like me. And because he did that, I have the freedom to move on with my life in a way that is pleasing to him. But first I had to come willingly and obey him when he said that I should take the chains of unforgiveness and the prison gates of shame and put them aside. Because only at that point would I be able to dance in my freedom on my carpet of joy. I didn't realize or understand how much I needed to dance because I always felt that if I forgave, no one will remember. My pain, my tears, my grief, these three things were a part of my fleshly identity. They drove me to achieve the extraordinary in public and then they strapped me to my bed so I couldn't move for days. Windows closed, blinds shut and my phone on airplane mode. But slowly, I turned on the YouTube channels to listen to my shouting sermons, and I lay in bed until my faith would rise again. It felt like a physical warfare, because I would pray so emphatically as if I could see God. Then I would jump out of bed feeling like the past was in the past, but slowly, over time, my lights would fade again. Truly, it was a cycle of ups and downs. But finally, I got the complete victory by forgiving everybody, including myself, and surrendering to God's calling in my life. So let me tell you the story of how I went through the different seasons of life, where I was stuck, until I reached a season where I am now living a life of peace and joy. Chapter 1. The Return. A choice to forgive and overcome temptation with joy. Is it okay if I share with you what God didn't do for me? In the seasons of my life where I refused to forgive those who had hurt me, God didn't make me forgive them. He didn't force me into freedom so that I no longer carried the weight of my abusers from one year to the next year. He didn't make me pray for them and trust him for vengeance. And I often wonder why. Why he didn't make me forgive them sooner. So many mistakes and relationships could have been avoided. You might not know this, but my unwillingness to forgive felt logical to me. I didn't feel like I was ready to close that chapter of my life. I was looking for explanations. I was curious to know why it happened. Why me? I wanted to blame someone and sometimes I blamed myself. And when I got over blaming myself, I blamed the people in my life. 
I was relentless with holding on. It felt like I was at a cliff and I had this thick blue rope in my hand. On the other side of the rope hanging across the cliff was a heavy weight of shame, pain and brokenness. The weight was beginning to pull harder on the rope and I couldn't hold it any longer, but I also could not let go. If this was happening in real life and you looked at my hands, you would see that the rope was creating a deep wound in my hand and I felt it. It hurt so much, but I needed it to hurt so I wouldn't forget the pain that I had felt before. I dug into my heels because I didn't want to fall over the cliff. It was really getting worse and the weight of the pain caused me to fall. And now I was flat on the ground with insects and so many tiny little nasty creatures. I was breathing the muddy air and choking, but still I wouldn't let go. I knew my unforgiveness was hurting me. It was keeping me trapped in my own pain. And God sent different people into my life to show me that life could be different. They would get so close to convincing me with their love to give up the rope, but then they would leave and I would go back to focusing on the rope. I believe in God. I believe that he died for me, but I didn't believe that he really knew how to handle my pain and avenge my past. I thought that I am the only person who really knew what my pain was, and only I was equipped to decide if I could and should forgive. The pain of holding on to my pain kept me a prisoner of hopelessness whenever life looked uncertain. I could feel myself spinning under stress and running back to substances and bad relationships to seek stability. Because I I held the door of unforgiveness open and disobeyed God, I gave room for other demonic spirits to attack my mind and my health. I was a lukewarm Christian no longer bold enough to proclaim God, and I had, in the darkness of my sinful heart, made excuses for not answering God's call in my life. Paul wrote about this type of behavior in the book of Romans. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Romans 1 verse 28. God didn't stop Eve from eating the apple or Jonah from running. He gives us free will and he wants us to choose him. Chapter 2. Stepping away from the mist to gain clarity. So much of my life resembles the pace of New York City. When I'm not working my 9 to 5, I'm creating content for my small business or my coaching business. And when I'm not busy with any of these things, I'm ordering the supplies and making earrings. I'm not the best at all of what I do, but I take incredible pride in my work. However, seeing as they are only 24 hours in a day, the only way that I am able to achieve all of this is because I am a workaholic. I work a lot more than my peers do and I trade a lot of my pleasure for my work. I do enjoy my work, but over time, some of it becomes routine. C'est la vie. From a telescopic view, my life looks normal. A girl who is multi-passionate and living out life with purpose. But when you pull a microscope and put the same subject underneath it, you begin to see the real colors. One of which is the fact that I have successfully created a busy schedule that rarely allows me to think about my past and process the emotions that I have bottled down inside me. No wonder my anxiety attacks are usually out of nowhere. My first anxiety attack happened on the bathroom floor when I had gone over to someone's house for a church young adults fellowship. 
The room began to tilt a little to the left and then to the right. I grabbed onto the sink as if it was an anchor that could hold me and stop the dizziness. But when it persisted, I sat on the floor and I tried to steady myself. My heart was racing and my thoughts were spinning. I don't remember what I was saying to myself to try and calm down, but then I texted a friend. I haven't had any anxiety attacks this year, but my first one is still so memorable because I didn't see it coming. My busy schedule has me covered on the how to avoid things that matter basics. But I'm grateful that I had that anxiety attack because it gave me a reason to stop, pause and reflect. And when I paused, I realized that there was so much unprocessed emotion sitting on my chest like an elephant. It was my first sign that I needed to heal and that I needed to figure out how to navigate the uncertainty of my future. The clarity came from the mist that had formed in my mind when the thoughts were racing. And the short minutes that felt like hours of dark clouds cleared so the sun could shine on what was most important. It didn't matter how busy my schedule was if I was running away from the things that needed to be addressed. And one of those things was the unforgiveness that I had towards those that had hurt me in the past. It followed me around year after year into friendships and romantic relationships. I was looking for answers and my past was stuck in rewind. How did this happen and how could I have prevented it? These were the two questions that I just couldn't stop asking. Chapter 3. The Birth of a Friendship Happy 14th! I stayed up till midnight to type that out to someone who was a stranger until only a few months ago. It was the month anniversary of the best friendship that I have ever had and with a person I have never met before. Something about that last statement brings me a lot of joy. The truth is, even after spending months talking, praying, laughing so much until our stomachs hurt, we still haven't done a video call both ways. My dad asked me where he is from and when I replied, oh dad, I think he's Igbo, my dad said, well, you can pray with him, but you know you can't really trust Igbo people. I laughed a little. My dad still doesn't believe that we can trust everyone and to be honest, his experiences are his and I can't dispute that. I picked up my phone and I saw a message. How's your day going? I replied, it's going. Do you want to pray together later today? Yes, I'll call you in a bit, he replied. We got on a call and somehow ended up on a tense conversation. I was so upset and I was already crying. He said, God is good all the time. I replied, no. The call was silent and then I said, where was God when everything happened? Why didn't he step in and stop it from happening? He responded, God gave humans free will. We live in a broken world. I refused to accept his answer. It felt like he was making excuses for God. God is all powerful and sovereign and the one time I actually wanted him to be all powerful, he chose not to do anything. Hmm. I believe that God is good to others, but I don't know that he is good to me. But UT, why would you say that? I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, let's pray. I don't know exactly how you are feeling, but I know that God does. I was already sobbing and in between a nose blowing sound, I responded, okay. 
We prayed, but the heart did not go away, and I still did not forgive. So the heaviness stayed on, but it was a cross that I thought was mine to bear, and I didn't see how I could ever give it up. Chapter 4, The Consistent Tears The book of Psalms is one of my favorite books in the Bible. I found so much strength to navigate hard seasons with this book. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. Psalms 147 verse 3. I keep crying on the phone and I'm so sorry. Why are you apologizing? I wish I could cry too. Sometimes it's good to let the emotions out. My mini sub changed key to a full blown up snort ugly cry session. The tears kept flowing like Niagara Falls and they happened more often on the calls we had together. I was really trying to work things out, to trade my pain for healing and to accept in my heart that God is good. A few years back, I stared at a plate of delicious chicken and fries that I couldn't really enjoy because of all the tears I had just shed in front of this loving couple. They took me out for lunch and they were the first to say to me, years after everything had happened, It was not your fault. And once I heard those five words, my world tilted and I went from villain to reporter to witness. I wasn't at fault, but I was a witness, an involuntary witness to my own abuse. Even though I was filled with gratitude because someone finally understood me and cared enough, I just didn't know if my status as a witness felt better than being the villain. I shoved the french fry into my mouth to stop me from crying again and I ate the rest of the food in silence. Occasionally nodding when they asked me questions. I didn't really know how much I needed to hear those five words until I heard them. And so I started to forgive myself by believing that it wasn't my fault. And also forgiving myself for thinking that all those years it had been my fault for blaming myself for being a witness and for all the dirty words and looks I had given myself when I looked into the mirror. I finally understood the truth. I am a work of art, fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Chapter 5, The Finish Line Because forgiveness is a journey and each step requires letting go of more pain, hurt and bitterness. I believe that he who has started a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. I see more of this reassurance and a promise of hope and support right here where the Bible says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace, and I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Following me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, renewal, blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 Chapter 6 Eternal Hope I know that my healing has been completed by faith, and I walk in this promise every day. If you are also struggling with pain and you want to get healed, you have a choice to make. Will you choose to free yourself or stay a prisoner to your past? Will you keep rewinding the painful memories or trust God with them and hit delete? Your faith doesn't mean that it never happened, but choosing to let go means that you no longer want the past to dictate your current situation. 
Thank you so much for joining me on this episode on Dare for More. My name is UT and I'm your host. Please go ahead and leave a review for this episode and share this with a friend that you think would really love to hear these words.